Welcome to the Harwood Hustle powered by PGC Basketball. We believe in the value of a coach. We're here to educate, empower, and encourage you to lead like never before. In today's episode, TJ and Sam talk about the danger of having sometimes players or being a sometimes coach, giving into the feelings of frustration or fatigue that hold us back. How do we handle that and develop more consistent and disciplined players? Can we or our players have a bad day or take a day off? After listening to this conversation, you'll have a basis for your own philosophy and how to help your players and your program build a healthy approach to bringing the energy that's needed every day to be successful. Before we start, a quick word from PGC Basketball. Coaches, our in-person clinics are back and we couldn't be more excited. Don't settle for being the same coach next season that you were last season. Our PGC coaching clinics will give you the tools, knowledge, and inspiration to transform your coaching so you get the results you deserve. Every clinic features 22 different topics covering all aspects of the game, including essential practice drills, offensive systems, defensive systems, dealing with parents, building a winning culture, and so much more. Join us this fall in Phoenix, Louisville, Atlanta, Dallas, Salt Lake City, or Chicago. If you're ready to take your coaching and your team to new heights, go to pgccoaching.com to select your clinic and sign up. That's pgccoaching.com. All right, welcome to the Hardwood Hustle. We're going to talk about sometimes players and coaches, coaches and players that, you know, sometimes don't feel like it. They might have different reasons. You know, lately we've had Kyrie in the news and he's talking about, well, my mind's not completely there. And then we all have coached players, maybe really good players that sometimes practice hard, sometimes don't practice hard. And I think this trickles to coaches as well. You know, sometimes coaches show up with their A game. Sometimes they don't show up with their A game. Sam, you and I have talked about this over the years, but, you know, we all got to show up even when we don't feel like it sometimes or when other things are on our mind. And, you know, I think we might have some similar, but also some different takes on this as well. But I want to get your thoughts and opinions, first of all, just on the sometimes, you know, like what is our responsibility as a player? And I know it varies, you know, from age, stage and, and, and as coaches as well. What is our responsibility? Like how much of the time should we be fully engaged, fully ready to go? And then are we allowed to take mental and physical breaks from showing up and being the best version of ourselves? What are your thoughts on that, Sam? My thoughts are, yeah, you're, you're allowed to do whatever you want, really. Um, that's one thought. The other thought is if you are a leader, and this is a Dick DiVenzio thing, but, you know, if, if you're a leader of a team, you don't have the luxury of taking days off. Sure, we all need breaks from the the grind. You know, we need to step away and maybe have a day off as a coach, a team, a, a program. But as a leader, you just don't have the luxury of taking days off. So sometimes guys get you beat. Sometimes guys um, don't build championship programs. You got to be able to bring it every day. I know there's a lot of different directions we're going to go with this, but that's my initial thought. Yeah, you know, Calvin Sampson always says that, that, you know, a point guard and a head coach can never have a bad day. And and talking about they got to show up every single day. And, you know, in our program, I think life happens sometimes. I'll tell our players at the beginning of the year all the time, like, hey, listen, we probably all need to take a day or two off this season. You know, we have to be careful about when that is. But there are going to be things that do come up. You know, there's, you know, a couple days out of the season where, 
you know, my kids or my wife is dealing with something or I'm dealing with something. And, you know, it might just be better to let Graham run practice and lead practice. You know, if I've got my B game and he's got his A game, you know, I trust him enough to take over practice and just be the one that leads. And, you know, I, I, I got to bring something to the practice or maybe, maybe I don't, maybe I just watch from the, from the skybox. But I also told players the same thing. You know, your girlfriend might break up with you. Um, there might be something that happens over the course of the season where you're just not mentally or physically ready to go. And I'm okay with you taking a day off if you don't feel like you can step between the lines. You just can't abuse that. And I think that's reality. I mean, the reality that all of us are going to have a day or two that just doesn't go very well. I think where the fine line comes in is when we just abuse that or we just say, you know, gosh, I don't feel like it half the time or I don't feel like it three quarters of the time. And also our motives for not feeling like it. You know, there's a lot of things we have to do in life that we have all done when we don't feel like it. I did not feel like getting up with our sick dog several times last night, but that's not a choice. You know, any of us that have had children, we don't always want to stay, but it's just part of being a parent. And so there's a lot of times we have to show up even when we don't feel like it. Absolutely. I call it the FBA versus the ABF. You, most young players, most maybe even young coach, we, we operate in the FBA world. That means feelings before actions. So we just let our feelings dictate our actions. And I don't think you're going to get much done because, you know, even Jerry West, the logo said, if I only worked out and did things on the days I feel like it, I would never have been a Hall of Famer. I never would have accomplished anything versus a person that's an ABF, TJ, who's and actions before feelings. That's, hey, I, I'm, I have an identity. Uh, this is who I want to be, who I'm committed to showing up being. And if I'm committed to that, I have certain actions that should follow that regardless of my feelings. And the reality is, yes, we will not always feel like it. And so it's an important message that we need to remind ourselves of. And as coaches, leaders, you know, communicate to our players. Yeah, and I think we need to talk to players about this before it ever becomes a problem or an issue. And that's why I said we address it with our team at the very beginning of the season. Like you will probably need a day or two off because they need some framing for that. I like that better than, well, who cares? You know, are you injured or are you hurt? You know, your coaches say that a lot of times. We'll just battle through it. There are times when they need to take care of their bodies. There's times when they need to take a mental rest or they have a mental issue that they're dealing with. And, you know, if, if you just do it, you know, by player, whenever it comes up, I think it can get a little bit messy, but if you address it from the very beginning and you frame it and you give them the opportunity, that's the best way that I've found to be able to do that is just be able to say, Hey, you've got permission to take a day or two over the course of this year. You just need to let us know. Ideally you let us know 24 hours in advance. I don't like it when it creeps up on a player 30 minutes before practice. I don't feel like going today, you know, but there, if you know, 24 hours in advance, Maybe you lost somebody you loved or something like that. You, you know that I, I might not physically and mentally be there. I liken it to my first college experience. One of the hardest things, you know, I went um, to a school out of, out of high school and had multiple different options. And I chose this one particular school. I thought it was going to be a great relationship with a coach and it wasn't a great relationship. And this is how it went down, you know, my nephew, and it was my first ever nephew and I wanted to be a great uncle and, um, he ended up falling, hitting his head, trying to get in the cookie jar. They had to, you know, life flight him up to the children's hospital. They didn't know if he was going to make it or not. I went home. Coach wanted me to be back to practice. We had like a 5 a.m. practice. I came back and, and, and uh, got back for practice. This was after a day off. And, 
Yeah, the first thing that happened when we came out of practice is what is the quote of the day, which was in the locker room. And I said, I don't know. And he was trying to prove a point, uh, you know, about, hey, it doesn't matter if you don't feel like it doesn't matter if you got things going on in your life, you need to be all in and you don't know the quote, you don't know. And so long story short, the team ran, then, you know, I had to sit there and watch them run and we went back and forth. And, and I just was at a point and I was just like, you know what? bunk this i'm out of here like i i just and i don't know that it was the right decision i was 18 years old at the time but i was done and the reason i was done is because i just value relationships and loyalty and i thought man i'm going through something i'm really dealing with something like i i, ha- I can't fathom you know a little three or four year old boy like not making it and i was not mentally there i was not ready to go i i did not need to practice that day but coach thought well you got to practice even when you don't want to And that's really what led to my day or two off is because I don't ever want a player to choose to practice in that situation, you know, and I send in the message to my team. There are things in life that trump basketball. Now, I don't feel like going today because I'm a little bit tired. Well, we're all going to be tired. I don't feel like going today because, you know, I sprained my pinky. Well, you know, we've all got little bangs and bruises that we can't go on. But there are big things that sometimes dictate taking a time off. And I just don't think players and coaches have those conversations very often. Yeah, it's a really good point because it, it all goes back to the context and the why, the why behind the what. And if you don't know the why, that, you know, a coach is going to operate when things happen and they don't happen the way a coach wants them or the way that I want them. We sometimes just react in the moment. We address the what and we don't go dig deeper. And we all I think good coaches even make this mistake at times. So I think, TJ, there is a lot of gray area in this situation you're talking about. So I've been curious to know how do you as a coach navigate? The, I mean, you said it's just a conversation you have, but you can always operate in gray. So where is there a line that's drawn or is there just this is more the art of, of leadership and coaching and you use handle each situation on itself? And then what happens when a player in your perception takes advantage of that grace that is extended to them? How do you manage that? Yeah, well, you know, one of the things is just framing it. You know, there might be a day or two this year that you need to take off. And so I think when players think about that, like – I, you know, I like the Coach K quote, you know, rules are, are for those that are afraid to lead. And I don't like having rules in our program. I like having conversations and relationships and working through things. And, you know, if I have a, a, a senior that's been there four years and hasn't taken a day off and is like, Coach, I really need the day off. Like, I'm probably not even asking any questions, you know, like you've showed up for three years. But, you know, a freshman shows up week one, Coach, I probably need the day off. Well, there's probably a conversation coming. And, you know, based on that conversation, they're like, you know, I'm just really tired. Well, that's a conversation to help them grow. Listen, this is not the type of day off that you want. There's going to be other things that come along and, and, and just working through with them. And I think it translates to life. You know, we all need to call in sick to work every once in a while. You know, there's times when we just need our best version of ourselves because we're worn out, we're tired. We just might be mentally fatigued. And, you know, as a boss, I like that. I, I like giving people days off. This is, I just need to regroup. I just need, I just need to regroup so I can give you the best version of myself. Would you rather have a hundred percent of somebody, you know, for the next 30 days, or would you rather have 50% of them for the next 30 days and give them one day off for the hundred? I, I would rather just give them the day off and have a hundred percent of them. 
versus drag out that 50% because we just keep them in that mode. And I think, you know, that those are the kind of conversations that we're having with players, helping them work through that. Cause it is a big boy decision. You know, I'm going to have to step away from practice. Okay. Why? And, and I think that that will help them make better decisions in life as well. So the back to the original comment, like sometime guys, then do you believe there's really not an all the time guy and all the time girl? Like, is it a most of the time thing and a some of the time and you want most of the time players? You know, it's funny because it usually falls into one of two categories. You know, you're using your, your phrasing, you know, I think there's some players that are looking for their days off. And then I think there's some players that you have to make take a day off. You know, there's times when I've had seniors, I said, listen, you know this stuff. You've been over it a hundred times. You're banged up, or we've been over this a hundred times, and you've got something important to do. Just take the day off. Like I, I oftentimes find that I'm telling players to take that day off. And then there's the other type of player when you're like fighting to get them on the court. And to be honest, we know that, that player you're fighting to get on the court is limiting your ceiling as a team. And the players that really don't ever want to take a day off are typically the players that I really think coaches should encourage to take a day off more often to say, listen, just step back for a day, you know, just, just step back and watch, get a different perspective, get a rest. Maybe you don't even come to practice, you know, go home and see your mom. She's not feeling good, whatever it might be. And, and, and it's usually not the medium where players like, yeah, I'm mature enough to know that, okay, I just should take a day off here, but I shouldn't take this day off. And they usually fall on, on one end of the spectrum you know, using the two examples that you gave, they're usually one or the other and not in between. Yeah. And I, I do think, you know, just as we're talking through this burnout does happen. It happens for players. It happens for coaches and that, that rest and recovery is critical. I mean, even, you know, you know, for guys like us, that faith is a big part of our life. Like, you know, even from a biblical perspective, we need the Sabbath. We need a day off to recover and rejuvenate because you look at I mean, you look at some of there's there's examples littered all throughout sports, especially, you know, yeah, coaches burn out. You know, Coach K won those two national championships and had some burnout. Urban Meyer, I'm interested. You know, I was always intrigued when he burned out at Florida, TJ, and he came back to Ohio State. And he had these new kind of built-in roles that even his daughter wrote, like, you know, prioritizing family. And, you know, he was able to still win um, a national championship there. So it is important. And I think there's a myth out there that you have to be grinding at all stops at all the time to win big and to win championships. And it is a myth and it's, um, you know, it's, it's unhealthy. It's an unhealthy mindset to take on. And I'm, I'm as big a believer as anything in hard work, but yeah, I think it is important for coaches to be aware of players to be aware of and just have those conversations. Yeah. You know, I want to talk about coaches for a second and then come back to players, but you know, I don't think coaches do this enough. You know, I've taken days off and all it really ever does is make me hungry to get back out there. You know, like I'm really just kind of filling myself back up, you know, recharging my batteries. And, you know, and I also think on the flip side, I think it kind of juices up my assistants to be the ones running practice, you know, where I'm not the person leading. So I would say that I take days off where I'm completely not there. And typically it's something big, you know, like I, I don't hesitate when it's a funeral or something like that. You know what? Look, I, 
I'm stepping away from that. Like this is bigger. And I want my players to know that this is bigger. And, and that's sometimes the day that I take off. And there's other times when I just take a half day where it says I'm going to be there giving my best, but I'm also giving the leadership over to my assistant. So like I'm there and I'm there to serve Graham, but you know, I'm not going to be on top of every single thing, speaking the entire practice. It's just a little bit of a drop for me, but it also elevates somebody else to be able to do that. And I think the same thing happens with players when they take a day off, you know, another person gets a, a chance to shine. Another person gets a chance to get reps with the first team, another person, you know, whatever, you know, that situation might be. The, the thing that I think coaches deal with the most related to players is that they have these sometimes players. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of people showing up, giving 50% and then needing the day off. I think coaches deal oftentimes with players that show up and do what they're supposed to do, but they do the bare minimum. And I'm not sure those players need days off, but working through, and I had this conversation yesterday, one of our key five roundtables with one of the coaches that has a really good player that only shows up sometimes. And what do coaches do in that situation? And, you know, Sam, I got some thoughts and love you to chime in, but I, I think that really we have to bring awareness to players. So if you are the player that shows up 50%, if you're the player that's looking for days off or you're the person that never takes the day off, they all need some level of awareness. I mean, I'll start with the highest end, the player that never wants a day off. They need to know that there's a lot to being a great player. There's physical management, there's mental management, there's, there's, um, managing how hard I'm working or, or how much I'm giving and, and, and needing to take a break. And then there's the player on the other end that needs to know, look, I, I am, I am searching for breaks. Therefore I'm not showing up 100%. And I really think the biggest common denominator with all that is communication and awareness. Like let players know, listen, Hey, Alicia, you are 50%, 50% of the time. Like that's a problem. You're hard to coach because you're showing up this way. And I think that's the conversation that most coaches shy away from where they don't have that conversation with that player that is not showing up hundred percent, because I think the days off the rejuvenation is meant to bring you back to hundred percent. If you're showing up 50 on the regular, I don't think a day off helps you at all. I think you're going to show up back 50 again. And we really want output of hundred percent from all of our coaches and all of our players. Let's take a quick halftime break. In times of most extreme pressure, we revert back to our most deeply held habits. I love that quote because it's so true. It's not what we do when things are going well, when everything is flowing, when we're up by 20. It's who are we? Who is our team? What do we do as players or coaches in times of most extreme and intense pressure? Because that is is where our habits will be revealed. And so coaches, are you taking time to build the habits that will last you and last your team? Or are we just so focused on winning the next game? And I think that often happens, that we become very short-term focused rather than long-term focused, and we lose sight. We may go on a two, three, five, six-game winning streak, and sometimes we start developing bad habits And the scoreboard can be one of the biggest lies in the game. Ask yourself, what habits do we need to build as a team and a program that are going to show up in the biggest moment, the biggest game of our life? We are who we are in times of most extreme pressure. This is brought to you by our good friends at Shootaway. 
makers of the gun, they've helped thousands and thousands of players over the years become better shooters and be efficient in how you get to the gym and how you train. So be sure to go visit shootaway.com to learn more. Now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, the way I look at it often, it go, there's a lot of different ways you can skin it there. For me, it goes back, are you being a great teammate? And when you're not being a great teammate, I'm going to have a conversation with you and I'm going to frame it from that perspective. Is, is what if everyone was doing what you're doing? It could be a really good thing or you could be hurting our team. And so I think that's a healthy way to approach it with players because sometimes players – like all of us, we look at it very um, with, with blinders on. We just see ourselves and we're consumed selfishly with ourselves, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. And I think it's important for coaches to help players see it from a global perspective, see it from a coach's perspective and let them see it, what, this ha- what effect this has on our team. And when you show up with half effort and half committed And if everybody does that, we're going to be a pretty lousy team. And then the player has to make a decision on, are they going to recommit and really, and really commit to bringing their whole self. And if they're not, um, then tough decisions have to be made. Yeah. And, and, you know, I have a lot of documents we use with our team and use these documents. They've been created over the years. Sometimes we use the document every single year. Sometimes we use it every other year. Sometimes I've only used it once, but all of my documents have really been built out of necessity. And so, for instance, in this particular case, you know, we know that we can have conversations with some player till we're blue in the face and it doesn't get through to them. We have to be realistic about that. Like they just think we're a coach with an agenda sometimes. And so one of the things that I think can really help if you have a player that is not showing up that way, taking days off, even when they don't need to showing up 50 percent, I think it's really helpful to get a 360 kind of look at that player. And here's what I mean by that. You know, you could start out with a document that says, hey, at the end of every practice, I'm going to rate you on whatever it is. I mean, it could be shape, just, you know, spirit, communication, hustle, approach, precision, enhancement. I'm going to give you a one through five. You give yourself a one through five. And just them saying, well, I guess I was a four. I guess I was a five. Even just making them put pen to paper and being conscious of the fact they're, they're, they're grading how they showed up is usually eye-opening for a player. But then comparing your grade with their grade can be a whole nother thing. So what does your spirit look like as a teammate? Like, I mean, you showing up with good energy and they're saying, well, I'm like a four and you're thinking they're a two you know, for a week, you just rate each other. And I think you were four. I think you were two. Go back and forth. But you might even need more ammo than that. And the next sheet that we created to get more ammo than that is have your team rate players. Let's I don't let's just say energy is one of them and effort is another. You know, what's their energy? What's their effort? E and E. And let's rate every player on the team. And then you get the rating in that player and it's low like you thought, but they still think it's high. There's another opportunity to have a conversation with the player. Hey, listen. On average, your teammates rated you a 2.2. So I've been rating you a two. The teammates rate you a 2.2, but you're still rating yourself a four. Then that's a better conversation than just I said this is the coach and you think this is the player. So I really have found documents really helpful to be able to give players feedback. And I'm not going to say, well, Sally thought you were a one and so and so that, but I am going to give them the overall average of your 15 teammates and give them some awareness about who they are and how they're showing up. 
Well, let, let me interject for a second. So this is interesting. Here, here's the, here's where like the master teaching or the art of it comes in. Cause I want to dial in on how you approach it. Cause so maybe coaches can learn. Maybe I can, I can learn right now from it. So when you, when you have this conversation, let's call John, John is 2.2 TJ. He's not bringing it, but he thought he was bringing a four on energy. And now you have the conversation, Hey, your teammates rated you this, like some players are going to get ultra defensive. They, their feelings might be hurt. They, they might feel ostracized from the team and isolated. And, and the truth is, is hurtful sometimes. Sometimes the truth is the truth, but it, it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. And so how, if a player is having those feelings, how are you approaching them? Well, listen, the reality is occasionally we have to hurt feelings. You know what I mean? Now, I think you can try and avoid that and get around it some other ways. So, for instance, I think all of your conversations and the thing you should you're trying to do should be in with truth and love. Like, I think you're trying to be honest with players, but you're trying to do it in a way where you're trying to improve them and not prove your point. And I think that's where coaches get carried away sometimes is that and me being guilty of this, too. I'm just trying to prove my point. Like this player does not know what they're talking about. But I think the way to really get through to a player is to help them understand that I'm here to help you achieve greater things. And so I, I think framing it that way and saying, listen, yeah, I might even let the player know, hey, you and I have been doing this for a week. Let's get the feedback of all of the teammates, not just on you, but everybody and where they stand. Maybe, maybe you think I'm picking on you. Maybe you think that I'm out in left field. Let's just see what everybody else thinks. And so we're going to have the staff do it, or we're going to have the staff and the team do it, or we're just going to have the team do it. And you let the player know that you're doing that because you want reality. You just want truth. And you also let them know, I'm just speaking truth to you. And I think this is, goes back to another conversation probably that most coaches should have that don't have is that part of me being a coach to you and me caring about you is going to be speaking truth into your life. Sam, you and I know we could give a great example. I know you were at a game this weekend. Graham was telling me about, about a player that probably has an entire entourage of people and they're a top rated player in the country where nobody's speaking truth into this young person's life. And therefore they're just headed down the wrong tracks. And most players, I don't think assume, oh yeah, my coach is just here to help me and speak truth to me. So we have to work to get players to believe that speaking truth to them really is love because I think most people nowadays, you know, they think a like and a, and a, and a comment about you're doing great, whatever they think that's love. But as you get older, Sam, you and I both know that the people that care the most about you are the people that are willing to tell the truth to you. And they need to believe that of their teammates and they need to believe that of their coach. And there's some work to be done to, to get them to believe that. But I think that, if you can get them to believe that, I think you can take them to really special places. And as you're working through getting them to believe that, I think you're just sharing data with them, not to prove your point, but to help them to understand where they're really at. Not because I want to be like, see, you're a two. Listen, I just want you to know where you're at because I want to see you go to a four. I want to help you. I, it's going to raise your game. It's going to raise who you are as a teammate. You know, I don't mean to get long-winded about this, but another approach to take about that would be to – Ask a player, kind of like I've, you people have seen me do with the entire team before, ask a player that's not giving great effort, that's looking for ways out, hey, who's the greatest teammate you've ever played with? What are the characteristics of the greatest teammate you've ever played with? And they say energy and effort and care and da-da-da. 
do you think you show up that way? Like that's a good first conversation. Do you think you show up that way? And if they say yes, that's where you're going to have to start building data and having these conversations. And if they say no, do you want to be that player? And most players opt into it. If some player says, nah, I don't want to be the great teammate. Well, you know, you've got a problem and you're going to have to deal with that because your ceiling for your team has really just dropped low. Yeah, true. Uh, going back to your, your truth statement, truth without trust can fall on deaf ears. So when there's not trust involved and you're delivering truth to somebody, they, they may not want to be hearing it and it, it's just not going to go very far. So like you said, there's just a ton of work that has to be done to get to that place. And it's an ongoing relationship building thing to be able to have truthful conversations. It takes real time. And I think that's a critical element to it all. And, and it is, I mean, you bring up an interesting thing about the, the, the situation that we saw this past week and there is so much social media and dopamine hits with, you know, we're, we're seeking the, the number of views, we're seeking the likes, we're seeking the retweets, we're seeking, you know, all that stuff. And it almost, <clears throat> I think adults and coaches and parents have to have really honest conversations and, and real relationships with kids because social media is one of the biggest challenges right now in coaching, I think, if not the biggest challenge we have right now. And I'm sure you've seen it. I know I've seen it. But I think, I think it, yeah, relationships do matter. And being able to deliver truth matters. Uh, these are so, so critical uh, to leadership and coaching. You, you know, Sam, I think you made a really good point there, that truth without trust. And I think coaches have to own a part of this. I think it's real easy for us to say players on social media and we've got all these problems and they're very real problems. But the reality of it is, is that I do think coaches err on the side a lot, not all coaches, but err on the side of just wanting to tell truth and believing that they should get the respect back because they are the coach. But it really doesn't work that way in any relationship in life. You know, I mean, you're not going to go in and just, you know, have any relationship and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm the person who's in charge here. So trust me, we all know we have, we're humans and we have feelings. And I think that coaches often just give that truth and they don't have that trust. And in, in knowing coaches need to know on the other end, if I'm just the truth teller with no relationships, I'm probably not going to get anywhere. But I think the assumption from coaches is, well, I'm the coach. Sure. They're supposed to trust me. Times have changed. Things are different. Let me say something on that. Yeah, the, the expecting the, a player to follow you because you're the coach is positional leadership. You're just expecting people to follow you and you're the leader because you have the title or you're the title and or the position of it. And yeah, th those days are gone, I think. And you know what I also see, TJ, and I think I see this because I used to be this guy. Hopefully I'm not anymore, but it's like, hey, I'm just I just keep it real. I keep it 100. I'm a truth teller. And that's just me. And, and that disguises or camouflages or excuses you being a jerk. Like just because you're a truth teller, does that give you excuse to be a jerk to everybody? I, I can just tell, hey, your attitude sucks today. Hey, your effort was piss poor there. Hey, like you just go around this critique, critique, critique and correct and be this truth teller or this I keep it real guy. Well, 
that's an excuse for you being a jerk. You're a jerk. You know, that's what you need to tell yourself and you need to tell your players. Yeah. I mean, what's the end game? You know, I mean, I think a lot of times, you know, our ego gets in the way, like the end game, if I'm coaching for the right reasons is to help these players go from a two to a four or whatever your challenge is, right? Like that's why you're trying to, to build trust is because you're trying to take them to a higher place. But I think a lot of coaches just get comfortable with being like, Hey, I got that off my chest or I told them or I put them in their position or I didn't. But what does that do for you? Does it actually change the attitude and the approach of the player? That's what we're really trying to do. We're trying to raise the ceiling of our team. And if we have a player that's a sometimes player and we can get them to be an all the time player, guess what? The ceiling for our team just went up and that is the goal. And so if you, how do I do that? If I'm a coach, how do I get them to go from a two or four? Well, we know that positional leadership oftentimes does not get them from a two to a four. It's transformational coaching where a player and you have a relationship where you trust each other, where you can take them for a two to four. So if you want to keep your pride in the way and you just want to be telling people the truth because you want them to hear that you're the boss, keep on doing it, but just don't expect different results. Well, I want to I want to highlight something you said, you know, 10, 15 minutes ago that I think is really important for coaches and and one that I try to remind myself of. You can also the, the player that you're leading or the, the kid that you're, is your son or daughter that you're leading, you can often lead them to the truth without you telling them. And you do that through asking good questions, through having them self-assess. I don't think that's done enough. Like, hey, you know, uh, John, what, what were you supposed to do on that last play right there? Oh, I was, I was supposed to sprint into that screen. I could have came in and said, John. Man, you keep just walking and jogging into the screen. That that can be effective, and sometimes that's what has to happen. But when I think we can lead the people that we're leading into the truth by asking them questions, and and it takes longer and it takes patience, uh, but oftentimes that is the right way to do. Not the right. Let me rephrase. Not the right way. That is a better way of doing it. Yeah, one hundred. I mean. Yeah, I love the John Wooden quote. If, if you don't have time to do it right, make sure you have time to do it over. And I feel like coaches step on this landmine all of the time. And they would rather yell at a player 100 times, you're not playing hard enough, than really dig into how to get them to play harder. Because, you know, it, you said before, and I was actually in agreement until I started thinking about it for a second, you know, transformational coaching seems a lot harder transformational coaching and teaching takes a lot more time or seems like it takes a lot more time the reality i think sam is that it takes more time on the front end but it actually saves time on the back end and so like in a lot of coaches they get pressed for time and so they're like i'm just going to tell them to play harder and you might have to press pause and you might have to really work through it with this player yeah the front end investment rather than one minute snippet might be one hour, but the 150 times you're going to continue to repeat yourself and get no results actually might take longer than spending the time up front to get a player to help actually change and kind of go, come alongside them. Yeah, that, that's well said. Exactly. Yes, it, it does take, you're going to just stay in a perpetual state of frustration um, and it will take longer. It is a front end investment. And and don't I don't want to get it twisted either. We're because some coaches are listening to this and they're like, 
oh, okay, we're so soft these days. We got to do like, we're not saying like transformational coaching is tough. It's hard and it's real. And it's, it's what leads to change in a person's life. Now I'll give you an example this past weekend, I was coaching a game and I've, I've been coaching this team for three months now. And on free throws, we do something where we double up on the best rebounder and we are, are you know, our two second and third best rebounders have one guy, right, TJ? And so the best rebounder goes one-on-one and then we box out the shooter. And the two of our guys gave up an offensive rebound. I called a timeout. I'm not asking questions in that huddle. I'm not saying, hey, what do you, what do you think happened right there? Why do you think – I said, hey, that wasn't good enough. There was no physicality. The competitive spirit was not like I, I it was more of a tell. It was a truth tell, telling moment. It was a shake the trees moment. Wake them up. And hey, we got to get this right. So it's both of these things. What which way should I use? Which approach should I use? Yes, you should use both. And you got to know time situation. You got to know relationship. You got to know all those things. And again, I, and I keep saying it's just the art of coaching. It's what inspires me want to want to become a better coach and learn how to do all these things better yeah yeah and listen coaches be aware of where you're at and be a growth mindset you know just let's just work to get better at this maybe you fall prey to this and this is who you are you can change that you can work on that and you can you can find a better way to help players go to another level and it might even be you it might be an assistant coach might be one of your players could be any one of those scenarios but we just can't afford sometimes players, sometimes coaches. Like we're not going to achieve what we want to achieve if we're those sometimes people. And we gave you a lot of examples that I think are tangible that you can go take away with your staff or with your team to really try and grow out of this. Don't put people in a box. Don't say that's who they are. They just show up sometimes. That cannot be good enough for you. You met them at the fork in the road where they were a sometimes player or a sometimes coach. It's your job to help them know better. It's your job to take them someplace they couldn't go alone. And that's why you have this job. That's why you are the leader, because it's within your power to be able to do that. So coaches, hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, imagine if you're listening, you're not a sometimes coach, but appreciate you listening anyway, and hope that you will pass this on and use this with your players and coaches. So he is Sam, I am TJ, and we are the Hardwood Hustle. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Harvard Hustle, where we believe in the value of a coach. If you haven't already, don't forget to check out PGC's coaching clinics. There are six locations to choose from with dates starting in August, and each clinic will feature a variety of topics and speakers. We're excited to be back in the gym with coaches. Go to pgccoaching.com for dates and locations. That's pgccoaching.com. From the Harwood Hustle team, thanks again for listening. We're committed to bringing you quality content and appreciate everyone sharing our episodes on social media and helping to grow our coaching community. We can't wait to be with you again next week.